Welcome to Throne of Chaos. We are your hosts, Kelsey and Autumn, and this is a book club style podcast where we will be doing a chapter by chapter reread of the Throne of Glass series, plus extra content on the whole Sarah J. Mass universe. So this is your warning now that there will be major spoilers for all SJM books, including the Throne of Glass series, A Court of Thorns and Roses series, and the Crescent City series. Also, as a disclaimer, we do not represent Sarah J. Mass nor Bloomsbury Publishing. Our thoughts and opinions are our own, and Sarah J. Mass has no idea we exist. So, how about you start, Autumn? Introduce yourself. So, I am Autumn. I am 28 years old. I will be 29 in October. I am an athletic trainer, uh, so that's an allied healthcare profession, and I am a major book nerd. I have a bookstagram account called Autumn's Reading Adventure. So if you ever want to vent, gush, discuss things about Sarah J. Mass or any other book, you're welcome to find me there. I have a 11-year-old Shih Tzu. Her name is Muffins. So if you ever hear a dog in the background, that is her. She just likes to be up in our business because she's very needy. I am also a graduate of Georgia Southern University, so I'm a major Georgia Southern fan. Go Eagles! I am also a diehard Atlanta Braves fan. Your current world champions of baseball. <laughs> Go Bravos. Um, so that's me. And Kelsey and I have been best friends since we met in eighth grade. For Kelsey, we met on the bus. However, for me, I remember the very first day of eighth grade. She actually sat across from me at the lunch table. And I just remember feeling alone because I was the new girl in town. And I remember Kelsey sitting across from me and one of the guys who was also in our graduating class <laughs> was bothering Kelsey and she just looked so miserable of being the new girl and this boy pestering her that she had no desire to interact with. And so that is our friendship story from my side of how we met. Okay, so I am Kelsey. I am 28 as well. Autumn is a 93 baby. I'm a 94 baby. Just turned 28 in June. I am married to my high school sweetheart. His name is Jake. We've been together for 14 years this December. I currently live in middle Georgia, but I'm from south Georgia. Me and Autumn are currently living about two and a half hours apart, but it's a lot better than when I lived in Kansas City. Way better than <laughs> 20 hours. Yes, we were states away. Um, like Autumn, I love the Atlanta Braves. We're big Atlanta Braves fans. And also of my college, I also graduated from Georgia Southern University. I also cheered in college, so I'm a big football fan, baseball fan, all the above. And I just remember meeting Autumn on the school bus. Our neighborhoods were kind of down the road from each other, and we were in eighth grade, so about 15 years ago. And I don't think, like, our parents found out we kind of lived close to each other, so they didn't really give us a choice. Like, we had to be friends because we had to ride home from cheerleading practice together. We just hit it off, and she is the third wheel in my marriage. She has been there from the very beginning when I, I met knew Jake. Kelsey first, Jay. <laughs> so she's just along for the ride. Um, I'll talk a little bit how I got into the Sarah J. Mass universe. In 2018, my husband and I moved to Kansas City. He attended grad school there at the University of Kansas. Go Jayhawks! And I can't really remember where I found it. Book talk was not a thing. I think. TikTok may have been out. I definitely wasn't on board. 
I probably saw it on booktube because I was a big booktube fan and so I just I remember I got the ebook of Avatar and just went into it not knowing anything I instantly got hooked the whole trilogy first trilogy was out and so was Frost and Starlight so I just read them all back to back to back I think Silver Flames was the only one I actually had to wait on to come out and then I tried Tog. I wasn't as hooked because I was like stuck on certain characters. So I only wanted to read about their POVs. I just wasn't in the mind frame. I was still in like a book from Resand. So that was a whole thing. And then I did read Crescent City 1 when it came out. Wasn't super huge on it because I'm more of a high fantasy type fan than an urban fantasy. And I don't know. It just seemed like those two things didn't mix for me. It, it had to grow on me. Autumn actually DNF'd Akatar. I, she might have finished it. She said I, she finished I it. I finished she it. Said she said she finished it. I didn't like but, it initially. But it was just like a stab to the heart because those are like my book babies. And it honestly, first book I kind of picked back college up. College hit hard. Yeah. College, oh, yeah. College put us Col in a reading <laughs> slump. We were also yeah. in high school the polar opposite of all of our cheerleading friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were the nerds on oh, the yeah. team. Nerd life. Proud. Very proud. <laughs> but, yeah, so you... Picked it up the second time. You were hooked. You flew through Akatar. You were begging me to read Hosab. I'd read Crescent City One. I was like, okay, I'll give Hosab a try. I listened to the audiobook. And literally, like we all were, we were literally gobsmacked at the ending of that book. And I honestly don't understand how we didn't see it coming beforehand. Because like all the breadcrumbs were there. Like we from she the laid very it out beginning in like this was going yeah and we just didn't know it was still still mind-blowing and then I reread Tog I don't think I ever like truly shit the first time and I didn't devote the time that it needed it literally needed one place and so now my mind has just been in a constant state of Sarah J Mass theories we're constantly like talks back to each other I again in in a, a thousand voice notes yes voice notes and I just can't do anything right now but obsess over Sarah J. Mass. So we started this podcast. <laughs> we did. So I need to just defend my Akastar story. Your DNS. <laughs> I did I did not DNS. I did not DNF. So I joined Bookstagram at like 2020? 2020? 2020? Yeah. I think it was like a, a um, um post COVID thing. Mid-COVID, yeah. post-COVID era. Um, I'd gotten back into reading in the middle of COVID because for the first time in my life, I was laid off of work. I had nothing to do but read. And I'd been so busy since college started that I didn't have time to enjoy books and I just missed them. So I reread all these books I loved. I started getting into new books. I'd finally decided I wanted to join Bookstagram. So I had a place to just talk about my love of books so that I didn't have to like aggravate everyone on my main like personal social media about everything I read because I read like a crazy person at a very fast speed so I can read around 200 books a year and that's a lot of books to talk about <laughs> in one so I just wanted a space for that so I kept seeing it all over bookstagram I literally never avoided a spoiler and I think also when Kelsey first talked about the series mm -hmm. I actually wikipedia searched the plot mm -hmm. <laughs> so when i went into there was like a sale for like 4.99 you could have the first four books on ebook and i was like and eh, four five dollars let's try it let's see what happens i didn't like akatar 
I feel I, like also like you kind of have to be in the mind frame of fantasy. Like I feel like you were it consum- wasn't you were consuming a lot of like contemporary romance yes, too. Like, and I was not. It just wasn't the right time. Yes, and I'm also a very big paperback girl. Like mm-hmm. I need a physical book, and I also need it to be a paperback. Mm-hmm. I'm very that's that's my jive right there. So I read all the first four, so the trilogy trilogy, and then the novella. Um, I loved mm-hmm. Akamath from the beginning. I rated it five stars from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I loved that one. I think just the end of Akawar mm-hmm. didn't hit as hard as I expected it to. And so I didn't really. It's a lot. I didn't, it's literally about war. <laughs> yeah. I didn't fall in love with it. Like I loved the beginning yeah. of Akawar, but the war part of it lost me at the end. And I mm-hmm. just did. And I just knew that like, I know the recent dying part like crush people because they're like oh my god he's gonna die and in my brain I was like he's literally not gonna die yeah. so this whole scene was yeah. pointless to me in my brain in that moment that gets me still and it never got me that part did not because I was like and this you is... knew about Tamlin from the beginning and I knew about Tamlin from the so beginning like so that, like that came at me like a freight train like I was all in on Tamlin like saw no red flags and then I was like I, I saw all the red who flags are you? I was like Who's the, the field hair? is covered in flags <laughs> Resan showed up in that one scene when they finally told me that, hello, I've been looking for you. Yeah. Was Resan. I was like, I'm here. Like, I'm yeah. sold, sold. Yeah. Dark, tall, yeah. and handsome. Like, now, obviously, in a reread, you're like, duh. Yes. But at the time, you, she, Sarah J. Mass just had you fooled. Like, she, she did. She just sucked you in. So, I had a friend on Bookstagram who was hosting a Akatar reread for her birthday. So, I was like, I'm going to hype myself up. She said it like two months in advance, so I ordered the box set for my for Christmas as a gift to myself, and I hyped myself up, and I was like, we're going to read this. We're going to love it. It's going to be great. Everybody loves it. I'm giving it a second shot. I'm setting myself up to be in the high fantasy world. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I didn't really I, – I was just ready to get through Akatar. I appreciated all the things she put in Akatar for plot points. Mm-hmm. But I don't like Tamlin, so I was like, I'm just ready to get to Resand to get to Akamath. And, like, the second reread of Akamath, like, changed it all. That was the moment, like, I became hooked. And I know Kelsey was probably doing a happy dance in Kansas. <laughs> like, praise the Lord, she finally likes the book. Oh, yeah. Um, so then, right by that time it finished, I finished rereading the series. Host Abba came out. So I immediately got Crescent City 2. I don't know why I loved the contemporary fantasy yeah. moment. Like yeah. I, I fell in love with that from the beginning. Bryce I was definitely Hunt. like weird. Like it's still not my favorite of her series, but obviously, like there's a way I bigger meaning now with Akatar. all of them. All of them see seeing that. I don't think I could ever rate it over Akatar because Akatar is still my number one. Just because it was the first one I read, it just like. You know those books you read? Oh, little, yes. Like, it's like oh, a Harry yes. Potter. It just, like, takes you back to that yes. time. It could be, like, literal trash, but because you read it at that time, it, it's just always going to be there for you. Oh, yes. So, after I read through that, I finished HOSAP, and then I was like, Kelsey, you have to read it. You have to read it. You have to read it. And she took forever. <laughs> she took so long. I was listening and I was like, to it. I didn't want to, okay? <laughs> she didn't want to. She didn't want to finish. And I was like, please, Kelsey, come on. So when she she kept 
sending me things like, oh my God, I'm at this part and telling me all these theories. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm trying not to spoil it. Hurry up. Yeah. Get to the end. <laughs> because I knew the second she read or heard in her version because she listened to the audiobook. Yeah. Hello, Bryce Quinlan. My name is Ryseann. Honestly, though, like, listening to the audiobook, like, I couldn't, like, re- read ahead. So it, which, like, completely caught me by surprise. Which I knew this. I knew the spoiler from the end because from the beginning, the spoiler at the end I knew from the beginning because I – was looking to see how many pages which, the book. Which you do a lot. <laughs> I love to see how long the book is, so I can like in my head plan like the big moments of the plot. I like, can feel them coming mm-hmm. because I don't like surprises. <laughs> and so when that happened, then I I read the last page and I was like, I am so confused. I've got to yeah, read this to no figure way, out how we get there. There's no way you can go from the beginning to what happens at the end. Like, there's no way. Like, so much happens. In the middle, that you uh, yes. like. So I, Hostab is a fever dream. <laughs> I it's gotta an actual it. I for sure fever dream. It. I've been, I've, I immediately after I finished Hostab, immediately reread the entire Akatar series and mm-hmm. the entire Crescent City series. And then at that point, I was like, I need, I need Throne of Glass. Yeah. So then I sped read Throne of Glass. Um, and I put my entire reading experience of Throne of Glass on TikTok under autumn's reading adventure as well so if you want to be entertained by my ramblings of throne Mm -hmm. of glass my first time reading it Mm -hmm. and i knew what was coming on those like i think i read up to maybe like empire of storms or something but like it was it was kind of what was happening up until that Mm -hmm. point so i loved watching your tiktoks and being like you just like kind of like you were yeah for me in hosab so do you want to say kind of like why we get thrown of chaos so piggybacking off um, of that kelsey and i are chaos Mm-hmm. We we are the embodiment <laughs> of chaos, and so that is why um, how we kind of got here, podcasting wise, was last year for my birthday. Um, we were going to Orlando, and so we were listening to the Braves game because it was the first game of the World Series that drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just talking and interacting and everything, and I was like, we just need to start a podcast. We didn't know what the topic was going to be or anything. We just kind of like, yeah, we need to start a podcast. You know how every friend group, just you just think you're hilarious. And we might only have just our moms listen to this, and that'll be perfectly okay. Shout out to our moms. Shout out moms. <laughs> Hello, Melanie but and Ginger. We love you. This is for fun. It's just, it's just all for fun. If you do listen, fine. Whatever. Welcome to welcome so, to the chaos. We are chaos. Um, if anyone was recording us as we tried to start this podcast. It was literal chaos. It at the universe was working <laughs> against us, okay? It was not having it. <laughs> My Coke exploded all over our laptops, the tables, the books. We had to sprint clean everything. Mm-hmm. Then the mics didn't want to work. Kelsey's computer didn't want to work. It was on the fritz. So we already, this, okay, to let you know, this is our second time recording this because the first time I echoed throughout the whole thing. And so that was our trial run. So we're, we're kind of in it now. doing this. So we're here and we are ready. And also... Sarah just turned the world on its axis. The world, this, this universe, it's all chaos. So, yeah, this is the wrong she, chaos. She opened up actual chaos in the book reader community mm-hmm. with that last line. Because now we are all savagely hunting for clues and hints of what's Literally coming next. Literally anything and everything can be a clue. You just never know. She can mention something once in one sentence in one book. And that could be the next major plot. Yep. Okay, so now we're just going to go through a few questions, answer them, kind of 
get to know how we think of the Akatar universe or I guess Sarah J. Mass universe. universe. All of it. Sarah J. Mass on a glass, Crescent City, all the above. So, what is your favorite Sarah J. Mass book? So, for me, it is a tie between A Court of Mist of Fury and Empire of Storms, mostly because those endings to me were the most powerful throughout the series. I would probably rank Kingdom of Ash pretty high, but the entirety of Kingdom of Ash is like painful. Sobbing. Uh, Yeah, I was tortured the entire time. But the whole Feyre going to the spring court at the end after her sisters got forced into the cauldron because she got betrayed by Tamlin, like that hit so hard. And I loved Akamath as a whole, but the ending of Empire of Storms when Rowan comes running up after Aelin's been taken by Maeve to be like, where's my wife? That crushed me body. That was probably one of the few times I actually cried reading a book. I sobbed. (laughs) At that point, I was like, they're married and we didn't even get the wedding. Side tangent, Sarah, please give us a wedding. You, You love your marriages. You love your mates. You love your, like, love stories. And you won't give us a wedding. Never. Just one one wedding. You made everybody get married in secret. We got half of a wedding. <laughs> that was a disaster for Feyre. She didn't even want it. That's the only wedding we The got. only wedding we got was Tamlin. Sarah, please. Yeah. Though I loved Reese Ann showing up in that moment. Like, I was ready. Mm-hmm. I was like, thank you, Reese, for mm-hmm. saving her. Which leads me into Akamath being my favorite book. I know it's cliche, but it's just a comfort read for me. I just go back and reread parts of it. Just It's just so good. Like, there's journey of, like, finding herself, the whole inner circle, the whole workings. Like, it's beautiful. It's a masterpiece. And it, it, will, it will always be my favorite. And actually, one of my favorite scenes is in the forest when Reese is kind of trying to help Feyre with her powers. And Lucian tries to come and take her. Like, that whole scene magnificent like one of the best scenes ever and I just love the banter like yeah she does such good banter and I think that's also why I like Empire of Storms because the scene when Aelin it's kind of like goes back to her and Assassin's Blade of Mm -hmm. being in Rolf's office sitting at his desk oh yeah and Rolf walks in and Rowan's behind him and he's like going along with her. Like, <laughs> yeah, like their banter is the banter between Reese and Feyre and the banter between all pretty much all the couples is just so yeah. great. I love it. Mm-hmm. So for our next question, it is what SJM character is your favorite? Mine's the cliche of all cliches, but my baby Reese. Like, I won't say he can't do no wrong because obviously he can do wrong, but like forgive him for anything he does wrong for. Like it's just my top, my top character. No explanation needed. <laughs> I mean, it's fair. So for me, um, I love the non-human characters so much. Like, Sweet Baby Abraxas is my favorite. Like, I love him. The fact that we have this, like, dragon-like character that just wants to sniff flowers. Mm-hmm. If you picture him as anything other than Toothless from How to Train Your Dragon, you are wrong. Like, that's who he is. Like, I know he's supposed to be big, bad, and scary, but he's literally toothless. He He's toothless, and toothless is great. Um, I also am obsessed with Fritz Roy, the little letter-delivering the little otter. otter. I want him. I know you can't have a pet otter, but I want him. <laughs> but if I have to pick a human, for me, it's a tie between Aelin and Lysandra, just because they're such 
strong female characters that just have like they're well-rounded characters Mm -hmm. and their friendship to me is like so great Mm -hmm. like I love everything about the two of them together my favorite Tog character like I didn't have to choose Aelin would for me be a lead literally for that same reason for all that she has to overcome like I feel like she stays true to herself she will freaking die for Aelin from like the beginning to the end no matter what Aelin does like she's a good friend like and I just love her She's awesome. I give you that. Elite Elite is amazing. Elite is amazing. If I have to pick a non throne of glass character, mm-hmm. I agree with Kelsey that it's probably Resan, but I also really love Cassian. Yeah. His energy is just like on yeah, par. I love Cassian. I think he's like I don't know if it's like misunderstood, but like he's a lot deeper than what you see at first. Yes. Is what I see. And also, this is a side note. Um, I heard the audio of the the audiobook that like has all the characters on it, mm-hmm. whatever that's called. I heard a piece of audio from there and it's a part of Cassian and he's telling the story and he like burps in the middle of it and they make him sound like the biggest frat guy. And honestly, I will revolt if on this TV show, if it ever comes out, if he's this like chief frat guy character. Because he's so like, much better than that. Because yes. it's like, yeah, he uses humor as a way to like play off things, but he's a deep person. Like he has feelings. He has, he's had his own trauma and he helps so many people through their trauma. Yes, he, he uses humor, but he's not this frat guy, burpy, gross, disgusting character. Yes. And that kind of pissed me off. Not going to lie. Uh, yes. He uses his humor as a way to like build himself back up. And I really, truly appreciate that about him. So that was a little bit of a tangent. We weren't even talking about that. But moving on, what is your least favorite character? So tying off of Cassian. (laughs) Um, So I'd just like to say if Nesta is your sole character, if that's who you identify with, if that's who makes you feel understand, I mean no offense. But for me, Nesta is toxic for my mental health. She is the, I am the favorite in this situation. And if my sibling treated me with disdain the way Nesta kind of treated favorite the entirety of the series, I would not be able to handle it. Like She was just mean and I do not respond well to mm-hmm. meanness. So she just aggravated me on that point. And the fact that she was so quick to rep place her sisters with her friends which I love found family Kelsey's like a sister to me Mm -hmm. but I didn't replace my sibling with Kelsey I added Kelsey Mm -hmm. yeah and going off of that like I would say Nesta too she has the top spot for me reading Silver Flames like you obviously get her point of view you understand her more you know where she's coming from why she did what she did like she went through traumas as well but it was like her trauma was the worst trauma or like she could make excuses because of the things that she went through. And I just really didn't like that. And honestly, an apology goes a long way. And I don't feel like we ever got that from her. She, she kind of had some healing on her own where she came to those realization, but I don't think it was ever like said out loud, like, I'm sorry for what I said to you. I'm sorry for what I did to you. It was just kind of, okay, I fixed your wound. You can now have children. Like, I saved your life. They were good, and now move on. I don't know. I just feel like we haven't 
moved on from everything like that she was needs, said and one did. She needs to grow more. I feel like yeah. she's at the point where she needs to grow more and yeah. we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can. I like her more. as a as a character and like what she does, but, but like Autumn said, like she was just so quick to like get her friends, which I love Emery and I love Gwen and I love that whole dynamic. But I Big feel like fan. it was also a replacement almost. And and I get that. Like you don't have to be close to your siblings. Like you can love them and not like be best friends with them. You can have your own friends. But I don't know. It's just kind of weird to me. I don't I don't know. But also if we want to talk about an honorable mention, and I can, we can do a whole episode on this one if you want. Oh yes, um, we will. Be. Danica, because oh my God, she is the literal worst friend in the entire world, and I can go on and on and on about that. I'm just gonna add this one one note on Danica. If I met the love of my life, my forever soulmate, and did not tell my best friend for if I didn't tell for Kelsey two, for two years, years, two years, and didn't even find out until after she had died. It was like one thing after the other, after the other. Like, oh, she lied about this. Oh, she got something tattooed in your freaking back without your consent and you even knowing about it. Like I get it. She didn't know she was going to die. Like she probably planned to to tell her these things. But these secrets were kept for a long dang time. Like Two the mayors about the whole mate thing. The, so. the mate thing really got me. That yeah, would that be was like the final straw. This like, would be like if I got married and didn't tell Kelsey for two years and then yeah. died. And then my but, husband showed up but, and they're like, hey, I was married to your best friend. But it's like not like you. we didn't talk. You still talked every day. Yeah. And you still like they did live together. together. You live together. And it's like you had a double life. I would feel like I didn't even know you at all. Anyway, <laughs> off of that tangent, so talk specifically since we do kind of focus more on talk on this podcast, it's Arab and Hommel. That guy, he deserved everything that came to him. And a little bit of me inside wishes that Aylin had a little bit more to do with his death, but Lysandra, you go girl. Like rest in peace to my baby Sam. Like I could never forgive him for that. Like, that whole thing, reading about that whole thing in Assassin's Blade, like, hurt. I, I, I cry every time, like, hurt. That I man still haven't reread pure, it. pure, pure evil. And you can't even blame it on being, like, a demon inside of you. He's just straight, he's human, and he's that evil. I think the worst part about Arabin is that he's a realistic, like, he's a, it's like, the umbrage of the moment Mm -hmm. like yes Voldemort was the bad guy but he wasn't a real life like villain that you would see in person like Arabin is literally a pedophile he literally groomed Aelin up to be a killer and then he tries to get with her when she's like 17 and he's like 45 Mm -hmm. that's just disgusting and gross same with Lysandra Uh, yeah he bitted to be the person to take Lysandra's virginity, that just gives me the heebie-jeebies and makes and me want to throw he up. he found her for the madam, whatever. I can't remember what her name yes. is at the moment. But he found Lysandra. He, like, knew all their secrets. He used them against them. He, situations where he was all they had. He provided them their wealth. He provided them jobs. He provided them a place to stay. So they had to rely on him. And he knew that. And he... Used it to his advantage, basically. I will just say the death, the Dean, like that whole bit is one of my favorite scenes in Queen of Shadows, mm-hmm. especially because after she finds out what he really wants from her, of when he puts 
the word stone ring on her finger mm-hmm. and she has to ride home in the carriage the whole way in a that scene was so good that scene got me so good and mm-hmm. then when she gets back into her apartment and she pulls off the ring in front of rowan and adion and she's like well that was boring like that was your big evil that plot all that's all you wanted was for me to say i love you like that's it and then when she comes busting into the house after he's dead being like what in the world happened loved it yeah loved it good scene can't wait to get to it and as a non-villain character i do not like (laughs) it's kale because my main my main beef with him is that he's probably second place as a kind of bad friend like he just could not get over the fact that selena was slash aelin was an assassin when she literally didn't have a choice in that matter she was found half dead by a grown man who told her you'll either train to be an assassin or i'll give you to the people who's going to kill you yeah so she's trying to save herself her entire life she did what she had to do to survive yes and like yes she to that as she got older but like what other choice does she She, have yeah like and i and I feel like he he doesn't he sees things black and white and he like break. Yes. And then I think Dorian said it best to him when he told him that you you can't pick the parts mm-hmm. of someone to love. Exactly. You can't. If you're someone's friend, you you can say, Hey, this is wrong and you can disagree with it, but the parts that he didn't like about Aelin and the parts that he wasn't sure with about Dorian was their fae and their magic bits. And that's literally how they were born. Like, they had no choice in that matter. Yeah. So, and the fact that he was upset with her throughout the whole series because she killed Archer after he had her friend violently murdered. Slaughtered. Literally slaughtered. Like, someone killed my best friend. Uh, we would be going Dixie Chicks in Goodbye Earl on them. Mm-hmm. So, like, them Black Eyed Peas. Them Black Eyed Peas would be getting them. Like, <laughs> we're in the South. We we don't take kindly to you killing our friends. So, the fact that that was his biggest beef with Selena irked to me to no end. Yeah. So, moving on from them, <laughs> please. What court would you want to be a part of? So, I would. Or live in, I guess. Yeah. I would love to live in the night court i really i really would however i am a georgia girl through and through and i hate anything below 70 degrees i'm not built for winter i was not made that way so i would probably have to end up in like the summer court in the winter and then live in the night court the rest of the year and as much as my name is autumn i would love to live in the autumn court i cannot live there why baron was the High Lord, like, we'll have to wait for Eris for that moment. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's beautiful, though. I think I would have to choose the Dawn Court. It just seems like, from, like, little glimpse that we see when they have the meeting of the High Lords there, like, it's beautiful. Like, the people, the places, for me, it would definitely be one of the Solar Courts because I like to experience each season's, and we only really get two here in the South. We get summer and winter, and... We do get false fall and false spring, but that's about it. Um, And I would just need some variety. Living in Kansas City, we did get summers 
all the way in 100s, we got winters down in the negative, and while those get old really fast, it was pretty. It was pretty to see the snow. So I definitely would maybe just like travel around, yeah, just, just to get travel. a taste of them. Um, just avoid I the spring. Mean, I spring might court. avoid the spring court just because you know allergies. Um, parts of it would be pretty. Like I would want to experience like the calamai or summer solstice or something from them. Um, I the pool. I thing. would at the the starlight pool that yes. Cool. Um, I probably wouldn't maybe skip the winter court. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan. I like um, the what's his name, the High Lord. Oh, Caius, Callius, Callius. I like him. I like him. Yeah, and I'm Vivian. just not built for snow, bro. Yeah, I would be fun to be cool. The polar bears that thing gets me. They seem terrifying. Like <laughs> the polar bear thing. No polar bear things. We're but, good. Um, but yeah, I would say one of the solar courts, probably Dawn. Sounds good. So, if you could be, if you could transform into any animal as a talk fae, what would you want to change into? Initially, when I thought of this, I said a wolf because it's the twi-hard in me. Immediately, it's like wolf. Transform wolf. But, <laughs> after thinking on it some more, I would think a bird, like a hawk or the owl or an eagle, something like that. Because I think it would want to be fun to fly. Like, that was always my choice. Well, it was actually my second choice. Like, you know, it's like if you could have any superpower in the world, first it would be teleporting. Okay, yes. so when I would want to have winnow magic, like I would want to winnow oh, places. Yes. So that would be my number one choice. Second choice would be to fly. So I just think it would be cool. Birds are beautiful. You know, they just fly overhead. They're small. They can like hide in things. They can just listen out like a spy in the tree. Like, I think I would want to be a bird. So I'm more of a aggressive personality, <laughs> to say, <laughs> to say the least. Um, so part of me really would want to be like a dog or a wolf. Um, but also, if I could choose, I would probably just want to be Lysandra and be a shifter, and then I could change into any animal I wanted. Yeah, so I cool. kind of cheated on this question, and that's where I want to be, Lysandra. Lysandra. Oh yeah. I can agree with that, which she can transform it in, into anything, really. The snow leopard slash the sea worven thing she yeah. did was legit. Those were pretty cool. That was awesome. And all she has to do is kind of just like kind of study a little bit, kind of see that, practice it, and she's good to go. What is your favorite thing about Tog? So I'd have to say it's the journey we get to go on. Like we get to see Selena come from a moment of being in a very down place from being in um, prison for a year. Mm -hmm. She's had a traumatic childhood, to say the least. And we get to see her growing up into a person who used to be terrified of the power she held and wanting so bad to not have it. To growing into someone who accepts herself, finds love, finds someone who understands her on a complete level and she gets to become someone who fully accepts herself and I think that was just a beautiful journey for her to go through mm -hmm. and I really just love that aspect of the entire series I agree I definitely said the journey as well it's just specifically like characters you can see them from like their weakest moments to like the highest of highs and and with characters like they are flawed we see yes. them make mistakes we see them make bad choices, but you also see them learn from that. They grow from that. And I think that's really important in these books. Of, from the beginning, Selena's 
you know, like you said, was a slave for a year. Then she just comes out of it trying to be an assassin again. And she doesn't even want to take over her crown, her country. She doesn't even have that in her mind anymore. Like that's no longer a thing to finally coming into accepting that, you know, how they build and grow. And like each character is like that, you know, they come from hard places and grow from that and learn their lessons and they have their flaws, but they acknowledge that and kind of learn from those. Yes. Kelsey says it a lot better than I do. <laughs> I, she's this, the is eloquent. Second, this is my second time around. I was good to go. <laughs> she's more eloquent than I am. Um, so for the last question, if you could live anywhere in Aurelia, where would you? Definitely Terrison for me. I just picture it like the Pacific Northwest. I just picture these beautiful woods and these like massive trees and there's just like mist in the air and I don't even know what it's like there. I just seen I've just seen pictures. So it could not be like that at all. But in my head, that's what it's like. And I just think it's the prettiest out of all the countries in Aurelia. I might want to live like on one of the different continents, maybe like Wendelin. Wendelin. <laughs> like it sounds like a little bit better, but in Aurelia I would definitely say Terrison, not Otterlin, maybe Ilway. I think Terrison. Terrison. For me, I want the main character energy in me wants to say Terrison. But I know myself and I know how much I loathe being cold. And so I would not be able to handle winter unless I was like alien with fire powers and could just warm myself up constantly. Um, I am the opposite of Elsa. The The cold does bother me. <laughs> um, so I would probably want to live in Terrison during the summer and fall. Yeah. And then um, when so to kind of work on finishing this up, I'm going to go into updates in the Sarah J. Mass universe. So we are all anxiously awaiting mm-hmm. for the day that we find out when the next book is coming out. Crescent City 3. Um, so as of right now, there's no update other than she's working on it. I mean, the lady did just have a baby. So, Sarah, we want the book yesterday, but it's okay. <laughs> Motherhood is important. It is. It um, is. She hasn't even started on the next Akratar book. She doesn't even know what the plot's going to be yet. I yes. mean, with the whole crossover thing, it's kind of like we need CC3 to give us some more. I, I think Crescent City 3 is going to help set up a ton of the plot that we find in the next Akatar book. Because, I mean, she's told us from the beginning that there's going to be a crossover. We just weren't paying attention. We weren't paying attention, and now here we are. So she did do an interview based on A Quarter Silver Flames for the new special edition that's in black to come out. It's beautiful. I did not buy it. I, I, I don't need mm-hmm. multiple copies of the same book I guess um but she did say that she wants to write Akatar as long as she's alive because she has so many stories to tell she also hinted that we might not be done with Throne of Glass which which please 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 Dorian Manon Dorian Manon Dorian Manon I mean Manon 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 Manon. (laughs) sorry people um (laughs) so yeah she hinted at that said how much she misses those characters and the witches. She mentioned the witches multiple times. Mm-hmm. Take that for what you will. Also, when she was doing a tour for Kingdom of Ash in 2018, she did an interview. And even in that interview, as the last book had already been released, she said, well, we're done with it for now. She's never actually really done. She has a ton to tell us. And so we are just 
here along for the ride waiting for the ride we'll mm-hmm. be 90 and reading sarah J. Mass <laughs> in the well, nursing home this podcast will be going on for quite a while because we have at least seven books <laughs> 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 which which leads us in next episode we'll be starting with throne of glass chapter one um we're going to be doing chapter by chapter postings bi-weekly on thursdays once we get more comfortable if we do get more comfortable with recording and editing we might change to weekly postings um but we'll we'll certainly let you know we will also be doing bonus episodes kind of sprinkled throughout we already have some planned have some written out have some thought up so just stay tuned for those and they will be on anything everything sarah j mass we didn't want to just like pinhole ourselves into throwing a glass even though that's mostly what this podcast is about. We're doing our chapter by chapter rereads, our thoughts, kind of all those things, how everything ties together. But we're also going to, you know, add in some Crescent City, some Akatar in there. So also, if you have any suggestions about an episode, if you have questions about more things, ask us that as well. As always, please like and subscribe to our podcast on whatever listening platform you are using. And if you enjoyed it, please consider rating us five stars. You can reach out to us with any questions or concerns at throneofchaospodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram at throneofchaospod. We would love to talk to you about all things SJM. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.